أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعجل فرجهم We're talking about Tawbah and how um, there are different grades of Tawbah and so we reached the point of where we were talking about the veils of light and darkness and one example of that was knowledge how it can be a veil of light it can be a veil of darkness and so this same principle of certain things being a veil of light or darkness it applies to other things as well not just knowledge that was just an example that uh, was used to illustrate this point um, that even those things that push you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the book of the greats in the books of the greats these are seen as veils of light um, at best others other things are like salat for example yeah or just worship in general that can also be a veil of light is that does that mean that there's something wrong with it no and I've said this again and again just because something is a veil of light does not mean it's a bad thing it doesn't mean it's a bad thing but we do have to understand that it is not the main thing either um, the main thing that we're after is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, end of story if someone even gets stuck in the uh, at the stage of for example awliyaullah, ahlul bayt, rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa quran then and, and they don't move on move on of course is a relative term here, moving on doesn't mean turning away from them but it means to you know uh, use them and as a way to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or maybe understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that's going to be a veil of light as well uh, the Ahl Bayt themselves are pushing us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway Salat is pushing us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but if I get stuck in Salat then you know that can at best be a veil of light but it can also be a veil of darkness um, each of these just like knowledge charity, sadaqa good akhlaq for some people a good akhlaq becomes an idol itself and can be turned into a veil of darkness or, or a veil of light fiqh all of these things helping others if I reach a point where I'm helping others so that you know um, for me I've idolized helping others I want to be the one who is known for Helping others, that's a problem of course. One of these guys was talking about how he likes to be known as the one, he wants to be known as the one who, when uh, people walk into a place that he was in, they can smell, if they smell that special cologne, they know that it was him because it is one of the etiquettes, it is one of the adab and a sunnah of the Prophet wanted to wear perfume and cologne or whatever, you know, good scents. All right. That person, I'm not saying had any bad intention by saying that, but that can even become a problem. That can be, if, if a person, you know, looks at this, focuses too much on this and gets <laughs> fixated on the fact that I want to be known as the one who, when people like, they, when people are in a place and they, they can smell a good fragrance, they're like, so-and-so must have been here. Hey, be careful. Don't let that become your idol. Right? These are, these are things that, Imam Khomeini has this example. I think he says, uh, he uses the example of a tasbih, you know, subha, or an aba, which I'm not wearing right now, actually. 
you know, the cloak. He says some people, that will become a problem. That will become their veil, right? Anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, it can be a uh, veil of light, but lots of times it might even be a veil of darkness. So I'm just giving examples of things that can, just like knowledge that we've covered in depth, um, can be veils of light at best and can also be veils of darkness in a worst case scenario. Other examples, running the center, being the one who turns the lights of the center on and off, opens up the center, I'm the one in charge, things like that. No, 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 no. Be very careful. Be very, don't, I'm no one saying don't do it, but be very careful. Because shaitan, he's been in the business as long as we've been uh, walking on this earth. And so he knows the game. And he will play his hand differently with different people. Yeah. Lecturing. Sometimes you hear someone say, like, you know, they're famous and they'll be like, yeah, I'm, I have this many followers, that many followers. Very good. No one's saying you have bad intention. But be very careful again. Be very careful that this doesn't become a veil for you. These are all a means. So these are things that can be veils of light, veils of darkness at the same time. And it seems safe to say that the uh, um, that these veils will especially be seen as veils of darkness and labeled as veils of darkness when they bring about arrogance, takabbur and kibr. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And I want to quote Imam Khomeini again from one of his books again um, on this matter. And that's, that's what it's going to come down to. To think highly of yourself, whatever it is, knowledge, uh, ibadah, helping others, running the center, whatever it's going to be, it'll be darkness if it brings about takabbur and arrogance. Why is arrogance darkness? Because it's the exact opposite of light, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have Allah on one side, you will have takabbur on the other side. I'll, I'll, I'll bring an excerpt from Nahj al-Balagha for that. If you have Allah on one side, on the exact opposite side is going is to be takabbur. And if Allah is light, then what's going to be on the other side? Darkness. So if you're on the other side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what are you? You're in darkness. And so these are going to be veils of darkness, no matter what they are. Kibr and kibriya and takabbur, these, uh, these synonyms that I just listed, yeah, they are the exact opposite. Allah says you have no business here when it comes to greatness. So I'm going to share with you from Nahj al-Balagha um, in that famous khutbah of Qasi'ah. Imam Ali says this. He says that, he says, Alhamdulillahilladhi labisa al-izza wal-kibriya. So we're getting to the core of the, of the matter here. If we were talking about veils and all that kind of stuff, what is the root of the problem? It's myself and thinking highly of myself. Because Allah does not want highness for anyone other than Himself. Yeah, He wants generosity for all of us. He wants us to be like Him in generosity to the extent that we can be. He wants us to be a kind, forgiving, all these things. He wants us to try and manifest qualities that He has. Of course, a much, water, a much more watered down version of that, of course. But there are some things that He says, no, 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 I don't want you to have any of it at all. And that's kibriya and izza, and izz, greatness. He says here, Imam Ali, he says, Alhamdulillah, al-izza wal-kibriya. And you've heard this before. 
Praise be to Allah who wears the apparel of honor and dignity. He's not saying don't have dignity. That's not what he's saying. Here, Izz means greatness. Um, yes, wears the apparel. When someone else is wearing a shirt, there's no way you can wear it at the same time with them. In other words, he wants it for, he's reserved it for himself. Wears the apparel of honor and dignity. And he has chosen these and selected these for himself. Okay, so it's like he, Allah went on a little, he went, Allah went like as if, you know, of course this is a, not, not a good way of saying it, but it's, like as, he, it's as if he went shopping in the, uh, in the store of qualities and traits. And he said, okay, I'm picking these two for myself. The rest I'll leave on the shelves for everyone else, but these two are for me. They're in his shopping cart, so to speak. You can't take something out of someone's shopping cart for yourself, right? So, And if you, sometimes you're like, okay, maybe there's a couple more on the shelf that I can take. No, no. He chose them for himself. Not for anyone else. <laughs> yeah? So it's an exclusive, it's exclusively reserved for him. These are haram on others. And so what happens is, as we go down this khutbah, it says, he told everyone to bow down to Adam, of course. Um, and everyone did, except for Iblis. So he boasted. He boasted because of his creation. So, Aduwullah, Imamul Muta'asibin, wa Salaful Mustakbirin. Do you want to know who the enemy of Allah is? The Imam of these, those who are have tribalism in them? And the first of the mustakbirin, the ones who thought that they're high. Okay? The ones who thought that they are high. So this is where it ends up. Allah says, look, I, this is what I want for myself. So there's supposed to be none of that in us. And it's only for Allah. And therefore, if there is any of it in us, then that you have darkness there. Imam Ali says, do you, do you not see how Allah made him low on account of his vanity? This guy wanted to go high, shaitan. The more he wants to go high, the lower he's gone, actually. It's crazy how it works. And humiliated him for his feign, feigning, or feigning to be high. F-E-I-G-N, feigning, feigning, to be high. This guy was aspiring to be high. As a result, he came low. He discarded him in this world and provided for him burning fire in the next world. Okay. So this is the, this is the, this is the result. So, takabur is the active ingredient in the veils of darkness. Or some of them at least. And so I want to share with you a long excerpt from Imam Khomeini. And this is going to probably be the bulk of our session today of a tadakkur and reminder for us to be very careful when it comes to these veils of darkness that go back to this kibr and takabur. Alright? This is from uh, Imam Khomeini's commentary on 40 hadith. I don't know if this has been translated to English. Something tells me it has been. But uh, I just went ahead and just translated on my own. A very rough translation very quickly of a few paragraphs of it. So he says... Yes. I would say Iz and Kibriyat here in the in the uh, sermon. 
I think they're synonymous. Um, they both mean you know greatness and honor and all of that. That's that's what I understand. It's not that these are two different things, because as the sermon goes on, you find that he's using them interchangeably a little bit, or using certain uh, adjectives for some of them. For example, he said, "Imamul Mutaassibin wa Salaful Mustakbirin." So kibriya is used there, mustakbir. But then where's the izza part? He didn't bring it. The Imam didn't say anything about iz over there, right? Let me look. Let me take a look. Yes. Okay, very good. And that's what that's the point I made about when I said it. I, I should have maybe explained more. Izza and uh, kibriya are not necessarily bad, right? Izzat, okay. When it's when it comes to other people, when it comes to the taghut, when it comes to the zalimin, to have izza, strength, honor, these kinds of things is a good thing. But what is meant here is in a absolute, the absolute version of it, where you, this guy is standing up, shaitan is standing up in the face of Allah, right? Or standing up in the face of waliullah and not doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, in this context of shaitan, when Imam Ali is speaking, and he's telling us to be careful not to try to gain these for ourselves, he's talking about that form of it. Or else, or else, izza, uh, izza for sure we have in our literature is something good, and that we have to try to stick to Allah because all izza goes back to Him, and tumul fuqara ilallah. Wallahu huwa al-azizul I forget the end of the verse But uh, yeah So that izzah is bad That is going to be opposite to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Not anyone else necessarily Yeah. You see he says وَجَعَلَ اللَّعْنَةَ عَلَى مَنْ نَازَعَهُ فِيهِمَا مِنْ عِبَادِهِ Allah put his la'na On anyone who fights him over these two So this izzah that you're not supposed to go after Is an izzah that is belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. But all in all, yeah, I would say izza and takabur. There is uh, there are I do have some points to sp- stay about takabur and istikbar. These are two different words. One has been used for Allah, mutakabbir. We say Allah is huwal mutakabbir. We never say huwal mustakbir, but mustakbir has been used for humans and mutakabbir has been used for humans. And why is there a difference here? I don't want to get into that, but yeah, there is a little difference. But all in all, in this context, iz and kibriya, I would say they're synonymous. Um, that's just my understanding here. All right, so Imam Khomeini he says in his 40 hadith, he says, kibr can have many causes. And all of them go back to the fact that a person perceives a virtue, a kamal, in themselves that makes them feel good about themselves. And then this is paired with hubbun nafs, loving love of the self. Okay. So you would say the ammo is this perception that one has of themselves, kamal, right? And at the same time, you have hubbun nafs. What is the outcome of this? it will become an obstacle for them to see others' virtues, others' kamals, and think that those people are lower than them, causing them to feel higher in their hearts at least, if not even on the outside. 
And so then he goes into like three or four examples that I'll share with you. He says, for example, a scholar of Irfan might see themselves as a person of ma'arif and shuhud. You have special knowledge, you have shuhud, you've, you've experienced certain things, you're a scholar of Irfan, right? <laughs> which by the way, like if you read enough Irfan, sometimes you feel like you're actually experiencing something which is not the case even. You know, just like uh, they've done this actually, they've run this experiment back when we were in Qom, they would say that they had tested um, people on, on a night where the moon was not visible at all, the crescent for the new month. It's not visible at all, it's impossible to see it. Some people, who, they had sent people out to go and moon site. And some people had said that they'd seen it because they're looking for it so much. <laughs> they, they said that, yeah, we saw the moon. This is on a night where the moon cannot even be seen. Point being, sometimes when you look into things too much, you read into things too much, you might start to perceive and feel that you are seeing them and experiencing them, which it won't necessarily be the case. But assuming that this is the case for this scholar of Irfan, he says that a scholar of Irfan might see themselves as a person of Ma'arif and Shuhud and of the people of esotericism, that I will feel that I'm one of those people of the, that botany, you know, botany matters and esotericism and I have such a bright past, and they may boast about their greatness over others. You will consider the muhaddithin, people who are more into the sciences of hadith, for example, or the fuqaha, people who are more in the matters of fiqh, they will consider them as a group fixated on the crust of religion, something we talked about before. And the rest of the people as cattle. <laughs> so, he says, some of these mystics who are in the studies of Irfan and mysticism, they look at other some other scholars of other disciplines, they will look at them as, okay, these are people who are only fixated on the out outer aspect of the religion. They're, they're fixated on the crust of the religion. They haven't gotten to the core of the religion. They'll look at some scholars like that. And the rest of the lay people who are not of any knowledge, who are not scholars of anything at all, they will look at them as what? As Baha'im, he says. Yeah, cattle. That's how they'll look at them. This is very scary, by the way. And will look at all servants of God lowly and find fault in all of them. All while this bichare, he says, right? In Farsi, you say bichare, sometimes it means loser. Okay? Boast, all while this loser boasts about fana fillah and baqa billah. <laughs> These are like very uh, juicy terms that, that are used, that have truth to them, but it's not easy to actually be a person who has reached such a level. Fana fillah means to be annihilated within the existence of Allah. Okay? And baqa billah means to. Uh, it, to be existent through the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are very juicy terms, right? Very irfani terms. He says that this loser boasts about fana fillah, baqa billah, and will claim to have achieved it all, while divine teachings and ma'arif dictate that one give benefit of doubt to all creation. How dare you look at everyone else as cattle? If this person had tasted ma'rifatullah to the least, 
through the manifestations of Jalal and Jamal, beauty and, and majesty of God, he wouldn't exi exhibit takabbur. It's funny, he says, the same way when he is teaching these things, he'll say that the exact opposite of what he's doing is the way to go. So when this person is teaching Irfan, what are they doing? They're telling people, beware, not to fall in these traps. But his, this person themselves, they are a manifestation of one who's fallen in such traps. All of this is due to the fact that the Ma'arif haven't entered his heart. This bichare hasn't even reached the rank of Iman, let alone Irfan. He has no share of Irfan, yet speaks of it actually having taken place for him. It's one thing to speak about something, right? It's another thing to have achieved it. Sometimes you can speak of it while you haven't achieved it at all. Like what we're doing, like what I'm doing right now. Right? We, I talk about things in this class. As a reminder for myself and for all of us, doesn't mean that I've actually achieved any of this. No. These people, not only do they speak of it theoretically, they speak of it as if you know they've actually achieved it, he says. But no, it hasn't taken place for them and they don't have a share of it at all to begin with. Then he moves on. So these are the Urafa, scholars of Irfan. Then he goes on to philosophers and hukama, scholars of hikmah. He speaks of them the same way, Imam Khomeini. Then he moves on to the fuqaha and muhaddithin. He doesn't say that they're off the hook either. Although the fuqaha and muhaddithin were being called out by some of these scholars of Irfan, he says, that isn't, I'm not going to let them be the victim only. Sometimes they are the ones who are victimizing others. So he talks about the muhaddithin, scholars of hadith and scholars of fiqh as well. He says, among the fuqaha and muhaddithin and the students of these disciplines, you'll also find individuals who will look down on others and exhibit takabbur towards them. And will deem themselves entitled to all sorts of respect and honor. You're supposed to honor them. And will expect everyone to obey their command and not to question anything they say. Now this is a this is something that unfortunately even here out here in the West we have. There will be people who will expect everyone to listen and obey them no matter what and not question their quote-unquote authority in anything. As if they are la yus'alu amma yaf'al wa hum yus'alun. So he cites a part of a verse in the Quran where Allah says, he says, look, no one can question me. All right, others are questioned. I'm not questioned. This is about this is Allah. <laughs> so, in other words, it's as if they are God. They will deem only themselves and a few similar to them as inhabitants, as the inhabitants of paradise in the future. And whenever there is mention of any other discipline in science other than theirs, they will take shots at it, and will reject, and not only reject, but see as a means of misguidance and destruction. So, I mean, during Imam Khomeini's time, like this was a problem. Till today, it's there too. Uh, that there were some who would say that studying, of the, of the fuqaha, who would say that studying or going into Irfan is a problem to the point that it's, a f it's very famous that Imam Khomeini and his son Sayyid, uh, uh, Sayyid Mustafa Khomeini, when they would go, uh, you know, here and there, um, there would be. And, and they would have they would sit in gatherings, for example, that 
there would be others, and these are gatherings of people of knowledge and scholars, by the way, they would wash uh, the uh, cups that they would have drank tea from. Why? Because this person has also studied Irfan, their najis. Right? Now, what the reason for that is, and all of that is a long story. Um, we don't want to get into that. But no, it's uh, this is a haram science and, and, and knowledge to acquire. One. And two, if you believe in some parts of it, for example, if you are a proponent of Wahdatul Wujud, which has different explanations, um, then you are a kafir. You are maybe even like kind of like borderline mushrik. And so as a result, you, from a fiqhi perspective, you are najis. And so what that cup that you have drank out of, we will have to wash after you're, you're, you're out. And these are all... Uh, these are all Shias, by the way, <laughs> right? So, yeah, he's complaining here a little bit, Imam Khomeini. He says they see it as a means of these fuqaha sometimes will see um, scholars of other sciences and disciplines uh, that are that is other than their discipline of fiqh, for example. They will see it as a means of misguidance and destruction, halak, to that extent. They're deviated. Right? But he wants to say that this is nothing but takabbur. Once again. You see like to what extent it'll take you. It can take a person. So these are things that are worth it for us to spend time on, to stop at, to discuss, to, to understand that, whoa, there is such a thing out there. Like right now, you might be 20 years old, you might be 25 years old, you're like, ah, oh, you know, takabbur, I'm more into like, you know, I'm more into video games and stuff. I'm more into like, I'm struggling with the basics. Yeah, but inshallah, once you pass these as well, and you get a little bit older, these are some of the things that people who are older sometimes are struggling with. Some people who are scholars are struggling with. All, okay, so he says, look, they are hating on sciences and disciplines other than what they are experts in themselves. While they aren't even good at the discipline they're experts at. <laughs> he says this. Because <laughs> he's a faqih himself. Imam Khomeini was a faqih, without a doubt. Like even those who are his enemies and don't like him, I've seen it myself. They said, they say that no, he was he was good at you know at everything really. He was. I mean he was special. Alright, so he he's not mentioning names of course, but he is saying that yeah, they're not even good at fiqh even. And they're calling out those who are not students of fiqh and are students of, for example, other fields of study that are religious fields of study, let's say. Although they're not good at, even good at that. When rejecting other scholars and disciplines out of ignorance, they will justify their stances by saying that their religiosity demands that they belittle and slander them. Okay, so he's, what he's say, it seems that he's saying is that this is where takabbur can get you. What did shaitan do? Shaitan didn't just say, hey, I don't want to do sajda. He actually justified why he wasn't doing sajda. In a, in, a, in, a, in a place where he wasn't supposed to. He put himself in a place where he didn't belong. Right? And so here, Imam Khomeini is saying the same thing it seems. That look, they're going to justify it by saying their religiosity demands such from them. Okay. Then he goes on to say that... Um, all of what we're talking about 
is with scholars of religion, but you will find takabur in scholars of secular disciplines as well. He says there's a ton of it there too, and so he gives examples. The, the medical field, other fields, he'll say, uh, he lists a few of them, that you know, you'll know you have it there too. Look, the test is for everyone. It's not like there's a special test for us in a certain place and situation versus others. You know, it doesn't matter if you are going to gain knowledge, whatever that knowledge is going to be, you will have that this type of test of takabur. Then he moves on. Right? So remember, I listed a few things in the beginning. I said, look, anything can be a veil of darkness, even if it's a good thing. If it's something that gets you to Allah, it can still become a veil of darkness. So, you know, he's giving examples here. He moves on now to those who are not people of knowledge. He says, as for those who are not people of knowledge, some are people of rituals and worship. This person has never studied in their life. Okay, anything that's religion, religious, uh, religion related. But they are people of worship who will exhibit takabur towards people, towards others, and look down on and belittle them. All right. And see those people who are not ahlul ibadah like them. See them that as people that were not ahlun najat. They are not people who will be delivered eventually, who won't make it. And this is a also now he says this is a for people who are not people of knowledge, right? But I do want to open a parenthesis here and say that um, sometimes this will be a problem even with people of knowledge. Look, there will be scholars who are ahlu sayru suluk. In addition to being scholars of religion, they are also spiritual wayfarers. Okay, you'll have that. Versus others who are not who are scholars but are not, you know, you're not they're not on that whole spiritual way, wayfaring vibe. They're not there. They're just they're like, look, I'm taking care of my wajib and haram, and I'm serving the faith in my way as a scholar, and that's about it. Ayatollah Ansari Hamadani, who, um, you know, I can say at least um, based on what I've heard and read, is one of the greatest in his time, who passed away many years ago, decades ago. And he's buried in Qum. He was from Hamadan, Ansari Hamadani. So this person, as some of you might have heard before from me, there's a book on his life called Sukhteh, the burnt one. Why do they call him the burnt one? Because he's one of those who really burned himself in the way of Allah. Like he really went hard on himself. And I had heard other greats say that he kind of overdid it with how much burden and physical burden he would put on himself with the fasts, with the salats, and, and so on. To the point where uh, he passed away in his 60s. And those other greats would say that like, if he hadn't gone so hard on himself, he would have lived longer. It might have been better for him to live longer um, and to have more spiritual wayfaring. But once again, each of these greats, they, they do what they think they need to do. And good for them, you know, really good for them. This Ansari Hamadani, I, I still remember, I read a line from him where he says to his students who are sheikhs, who are scholars, he tells them, don't you ever dare look down on those other Hausa students who aren't interested in, this, in these matters that you're interested in. Like, this is so important. And this will, this will, this will, you can, uh, this will permeate other aspects as well. Like, okay, you're an activist. 
Don't look down on someone else who's not an activist, who's not as political as you. Don't look down as, uh, on someone who's not as uh, spiritually wayfaring as you. Don't look at, down on someone who's not like this, not like that, as much as you are. Don't, the moment you do that, that means you're, you're, you're not looking into the mirror or at the mirror. You're looking into the mirror and you're seeing yourself. All right? And it's becoming a veil of darkness for you. Who cares about others? Who cares in the sense of if they make it, if they don't make it, that's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I better worry about myself. That's what I love about these grades. They don't care if others made it or not. They will try their best to help out once they've taken care of themselves, of course, to take others' hands as well. But oh, if, it's gonna, if, if, if looking into whether or not others have made it or not is going to be at the price and at the expense of their own uh, loss, then no, no, they're not interested at all. Yes, it will result in your own loss if you look down on others because they're not as spiritually wayfaring as you are. So this, I, I find this very inspirational by Ayatollah Ansari Hamidani. This, this line right here for me is something I, I usually forget things. But this is one of those things that I read and I remembered because I could relate to it. Because when you're, do, you're trying to do that kind of stuff yourself and then you look at others who are just relaxed and just studying Hausa stuff, you're like, hey, like, aren't you supposed to try for more and shoot for more? That, you got to be careful about that. That itself is going to be a problem. Whatever. Alright. So, they see them as not being Ahlul Najat, even if they're scholars. So you'll have a, a lay person, in the sense of the, them not being a scholar, they will look at even scholars sometimes as not being Ahlun Najah. Why? Because they're not, they're not spiritually wayfaring the way these people are. He says, anytime there is any talk of knowledge, they will say, what good is there in knowledge that isn't acted upon? <laughs> it's all about Amal. Yeah, it's true, it's all about Amal. But if you have Ilm and Amal, that's even better. And even if it's only about Amal, mind your own business. What do you know about this person? Are you with them 24-7 to see what they're up to? Maybe one salawat they say with ikhlas and without looking down on others is worth more in Allah's eyes. Yeah? Worth more than in Allah's eyes than the arrogance that you, that subtle arrogance, that undetected arrogance that you might be carrying with you. Yes? They give so much importance to the amal, they are busy with it, that, that they are busy with, and look at everyone else with takabur. Well, if they were truly people of worship and sincerity, their amal would have fixed them. Salat forbids us of fahsha and munkar. Yeah, the Quran says that this is like one of the things that salat brings you. So he says, Salat forbids us for, uh, of fahsha and munkar. It keeps it away from us. And is the ascension of the believer, Mi'rajul Mu'min. These 50 years of salat and observing wajib and mustahab has been tainted with kibr. Which in reality is ilhad. Kibr is a form of ilhad and not believing in God. How dare you see other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When you see other than Allah, that means other than Allah exists for you in your eyes. So that's a form of ilhad, of course, in the books of the Urafa. Or else oh, we all might have some kibr in us. It's not haram, all forms of it. Right? But he's like, hey, wait a minute. You are acting as if. You made it. If you made it, then you shouldn't have any of this in you. This, this uh, kibr is, is a form of ilhad. 
is a form of shirk. So how, how come you have it? And ujm and these things. As a result, this person is closer to shaitan than anything else. A salat that doesn't get a per- that doesn't forbid from fahsha and doesn't preserve the heart, and as a matter of fact, due to being do- being done so much, makes the heart dead, isn't salat. This is something Ayatollah Fatimiyah says. This is something Ayatollah Fatimiyah says. He says, look, repeating a dua so much, so many times, can sometimes backfire, right? There are some duas that we repeat daily, some, some we do every, every week. If it reaches a point where you're getting tired from it and fatigued from it, he says, don't do it. You don't want that to burn you out. This person has idolized Salat 50 years, he says, but it's been tainted with kibr, which you got out of it because you did, overdid things when you weren't supposed to. All you gained from it was the fact that, okay, now I know I have 50 years of Salat that this person doesn't have. And I feel like I'm higher than them because of that. Yeah. And sometimes that will be what really gets you higher than others. The fact that you do have 50 years of Salat, that's not the problem. 50 years of Salat is not the problem. Salat is good. The fact that you're seeing it as such is the problem. <laughs> right? When Shaitan was doing his ibadah, it's not necessarily that his ibadah was bad, but the fact that in the back of his mind, this perception is there, that's the problem. Yeah, that gets him trouble in trouble eventually. If the salat that you take so much so much care of takes you closer to shaitan and his trait of takabur, this isn't salat. Not that salat that can have such outcomes. This was the kibr that comes from amal, Imam Khomeini says. So sometimes amal can bring kibr. So that's another veil of darkness. And then he talks about other means of takabur like one's lineage, etc. I don't want to get into that. He also talks about how some people don't let their kibr manifest and show. But the roots are there and that's why eventually it seeps to the outside. So he'll give examples. These are pretty cool examples he gave. It's like, for example, he's like, when you get when they get angry, all of a sudden they start citing their uh, <coughs> merits over you. When this person was all uh, you know normal and not angry, right? There was no problem. Yes, salam alaikum, heart on the chest, all that kind of stuff, you know, tawadu uh, and all that. But when he gets angry, all of a sudden you see that the first thing that comes to the tongue is how great he is over you. <laughs> Or he says it will show in the way they walk, the way they talk, the way they sit in a gathering. Where they sit in a gathering. How they enter first, right? Who they sit with, and so on and so forth. So uh, these are some of those things that he mentions. Not to mention other veils of darkness like wealth, like position and jah and maqam and these things that I don't even need to get into. And then of course at the way bottom is sin. And sin is that greatest um, a veil of darkness that we need to be careful about. Alright, so I want to end with just a one or two hadiths, okay? One or two hadiths because uh, for the past few sessions and even today, there was much talk of knowledge. And I did clarify before how important knowledge is. And how Imam Khomeini says, look, at the end of the day, those rays won't shine on a heart that doesn't have some knowledge in it. I just want to go through a couple hadiths from Usul al-Kafi on the importance of knowledge, okay? And then we're going to end. Just to show that knowledge itself is cool. Knowledge itself is very encouraged. It is just that we should understand that uh, that's not what's going to get us to Allah. That is a means. 
to a destination and it's all about the destination. Knowledge is not the destination. But yes, knowledge is very, very uh, praiseworthy. It says here that on uh, Abi Abdullah, that Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq said that قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَطْلُبُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا If a person is uh, taking a path uh, by which they want to seek knowledge, what will Allah do? Allah will, walk, will, will give them a path and put them on a path towards Jannah and will walk them to Jannah, so to say. So to speak. Did you know that the angels they spread their wings out for these people who pursue knowledge? So this person they're walking, it's as if they are walking on the the the, uh, the wings of the angels. How great is that? Ridan bihi. Because of how satisfied they are with this individual. That's what I understand from it. Well, in, I mean, it's starting, to, it's starting to sound like this person is a prophet or something. That's how great this person is in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If this person was not that great in the eyes of Allah, ain't no angels going to come spread their wings out under that person. Yeah? That verily, the one who seeks knowledge, those in the in the sky and on earth, they seek forgiveness for this individual. And one, if they really want to get very poetic here, they'll say that this istighfar might not just be for their sins, but even those veils of light and darkness that we talked about before. Correct? If you really want to get so esoteric, you can say that about the hadith as well. All right. Um... Well, there are a lot of people on the earth. You're talking about the humans. What are you talking about here? Woman fil earth, hatta al hut fil bahar, even the fish in the sea, or hut you can say means whale here. Even that whale in the sea is doing istighfar for you. Hmm. We've heard this that the alim, the one who seeks uh, or, or bears knowledge. They uh, are higher than the Abid the same way that the sun, the moon is uh, higher and greater than all the other stars in the sky. Now, of course, the stars are bigger than the moon, but because they're so far away, they're tiny. So like on the night of the 14th or 15th of, of the month, which, where you have a full moon, yeah, he says on, that, on such a night, how much greater is the moon compared to those other little tiny stars in the sky? That's how how much greater an alim is over an abid, a person who is just a worshipper of Allah. The scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. The prophets, he says, did not leave behind dinars and dirhams. Meaning what? They didn't leave behind dollars and cents, so to speak. What did they leave behind? They left behind knowledge. So whoever takes from that knowledge, they have gotten a very good share of things. Alright, so that's just one hadith. There are other hadiths as well. We don't have time for those hadiths. But all, all I'm trying to say is that there are some things out there that will be only that can only be veils of darkness. Like sin can only be a veil of darkness. It can't be a veil of light. 
there will be some things that are veils of darkness that can be veils of darkness or light depending on um, how you look at them knowledge is one of them if knowledge brings about takabbur it's a veil of darkness if it is the mean if it's the channel between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's a veil of light which is a good thing it's not a bad thing necessarily but you have to know that there is still something between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah istighfar is from all of these things tawbah is from all of these things for a person like me it'll be for sin for a person like the prophet it'll be for the veils of light not getting close to him according to what Ayatollah Jawadi says in the book which he also is basing what he says off of um, what uh, Khawaja Nasiruddin Tusi says in his Awsaf al-Ashraf of course alright so this is where we're at in this chapter next session we're going to there are a few more nice points we're going to move on from veils of light and darkness we're done with that we're going to try to come back down to earth a little bit although Ayatollah Jawadi just does go back up again <laughs> There are a few more points about Tawbah as well that he mentions that inshallah we'll have in our next session. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.